Welcome back to the Sunday Rose. How's it going, guys? How the hell are you? How were your weeks? How are your hearts? And most importantly, as always, how are your heads? Well, not like most importantly, because I suppose if you have some sort of like cardiac arrhythmia, that would probably be worth addressing. Nevertheless, how's it going, guys? How are you doing? To all my Dublin listeners, I am very sorry to hear that we are going into additional rules and restrictions. It's shite. Nevertheless, we will prevail. We will do what we can. And on that note, I am thinking of reintroducing the baby roast on Wednesday nights to the Patreon. So please consider subscribing to patreon.com forward slash Mark Megan. I'm hyper aware that this is an incredibly difficult time. So if you have some hard earned cash, perhaps part with a euro or two to subscribe to the Patreon. As always, thank you so much to everybody who's been listening to the show. Thank you so much to everyone who's been sharing the show with their friends and stuff. That makes such a difference. Uh, so please, if you know somebody in your life who may enjoy the Sunday Roast, tell them about it. And thank you for the continued support. Now, before I begin with today's show, I would like to introduce a new sort of uh, segment to the Sunday Roast. And open to feedback, so let me know what you think. Long story short... Biscuit of the week. Yeah? Before we get into today's show, I want to introduce a segment called Biscuit of the Week, right? Where each week we will discuss and explore who the week's biggest biscuit is. Does exactly what it says in the tin. This week I'm going to offer up one myself and then I'd like you all to share with me your own inspiration and ideas. It could be a friend. It could be a family member. It could be a sick family member. You know what I mean? But just... Let me know who has messed up in their lives, personally, professionally, what have you. And we will give them a little minutes, a little minute or two, just to sort of uh, dissect and analyse. So I'm going to start, naturally, and I would like to hear your thoughts on this guy. For, for me, easily the biggest biscuit of the week. I came across this post on Reddit during the week. Uh, Reddit, for those of you unfamiliar, is sort of like a uh, social media aggregation website where people submit links, could be text posts, could be images, could be memes, and then they get upvotes or downvotes. Anyway, this one was on the Irish subreddit and I thought it was utterly hilarious. So I'm going to read it out to you now and see if you'd agree with me that this person is an unequivocal biscuit, okay? I'm wondering, should I do two different accents just so you can ascertain when it's him talking and when it's me talking? Okay, anyway. Title of his post. Be cautious when climbing mountains in Ireland. Yeah, fair enough. That could be helpful advice. I may heed this advice. What a, what a gentleman to take time out of your life to warn others about the pitfalls of climbing mountains. So I click into the post i just like to share my hard-learned lessons from this summer's hiking. To preface this, I would consider myself a fit person and quite experienced at hiking local trails, nature walks, and beaches in my home county, which is Clare. At the end of July, I led some work colleagues up Count Tool. Okay, already I'm thinking, Jesus, this person must be quite an accomplished hiker slash mountaineer, considering, for those of you unfamiliar or not from Ireland, Karen Tuchel is the highest peak in our country. Anyway, I was prepared with a map, watch, clothing and food. What started out as a good day quickly turned into a dangerous situation as we got lost at the top and found ourselves on a dangerous cliff face having tried to make our own path down the mountain. Wait, 
having tried to make your own path down the mountain after being stuck on a dangerous cliff face. I'm now getting sceptical, okay? Surely just follow the map. Anyway, thankfully the guys from Kerry Mountain Rescue were able to rescue us and get us down safely. What an excellent bunch of guys they are. Okay, fair enough. You got out of your depth. You, you were caught way out of your depth, right? And then you had to call the emergency services. That's what they're there for. It sounds like a legitimate emergency. We'll allow it. Oh, but wait. There's a second paragraph. There's a second paragraph. A few weeks later, myself and my wife decided to tackle Mount Erigel in Donegal. What the hell are you doing, bro? Like, you've just been caught and had to call the emergency services in fucking Carantool. And now you've gone up to Donegal three weeks later with your missus. What is going on here? Unfortunately, on this outing, my wife really struggled with the climb and didn't have the energy to make it back down having reached the summit. Sorry, like, I don't really understand that. Didn't have the energy to make it back down, having reached the summit. Like, what is going on here? Thankfully, we were able to arrange for her to be airlifted from the mountain and all was well. As a silver lining, this has opened her eyes to her weight issues and she has gone on to lose six lubas in the past two months. I just thought I'd share my story in a bid to warn other people to take Irish Mountain seriously. No, no, warn yourself, bro. Warn yourself. This is absolute madness. This is like cheating on your wife with the woman who lives next door and then warning people that there's a vagina on the loose in the neighbourhood. This is absolutely insanity. What the hell is going on here? And the comments underneath then are the funniest fucking things in the world. Uh, Like, number one, person caught multiple times out of their depth warns others. Uh, Be cautious climbing mountains. Um, Oh, this is so funny. Like, there's another one. Uh, Lad, it sounds like you should stick to your beach walks. Mountain rescue is not a taxi service for each time you are not prepared enough. Um, And then another one. She was too tired to climb back down, so she got airlifted. And then the poor guy comments underneath, being like, please don't insult my wife. She's 18 stone, so it was a very tough climb. And then people are like, bro, if if the woman's 18 stone and she's not fit, what in God's name were you doing bringing her up to the summit of Mount Erigal in Donegal? Absolutely insane. So I rang my friend with this because I was like, this is the funniest fucking thing I've ever read. And I decided to do a bit of investigating, aka I clicked onto his profile. And there was another post then from a few days later, right? And the cap- the title of this post was Scenic Spots to Kayak in Ireland. Recently picked up two old kayaks for cheap from a friend who had them lying in his garage. (laughs) My wife and I both have a long weekend this week and are looking for some spots to go kayaking. Would it be possible to paddle from Dingle to the Skellig Islands or would that be too far? The man has a death wish. The man legitimately has a death wish. That's about 12 fucking miles. Oh my God. On to the main event. Today, we are going to be talking about something I've had a lot of requests for, which is all things estate agents. As somebody who has lived a very transient life, physically and mentally, I can massively relate to the house hunt, the flat hunt, dealing with estate agents, dealing with landlords, is a myriad of shite, basically. There is no worse part of your life when you're 
like desperately in need of finding a place to live and you're struggling to do it because A, you can't afford the places. The realisation of most places that you want are way beyond your budget. The fact that you have to sign up to these endless contracts with all the hidden costs, it's so miserable. And at the fulcrum of this, at the epicentre of this evil and issue lies the estate agent. And that's who we're going to be focusing on today. The ineffable indecency of estate agents. They truly are in a league of their own in terms of amorality. Estate agents are about as trustworthy as a fart after having two flat whites and a marble light at 6am in the morning. There's no telling what might happen. Might be okay. Might be fine. Could be fine. Or it could be Niagara Falls. I'm talking standing on a petty faloo froob in a pair of Doc Martens. Okay, like, that's disgusting. And I know most of you come here for self-deprecation rather than self-defecation, but there you go. Never trust an estate agent. Never trust an estate agent. They're about as reliable as Portuguese tap water. You don't know when or how they're going to run through you, but invariably, they will. In London, we generally deal with, like, estate agents, by the way, rather than landlords directly, because I believe in Ireland lots of people deal with uh, landlords directly. I'm just going to put them all in the same sort of uh, pot anyway. They're the worst. They are the worst. Always the same. These estate agents you get in London, by the way, always the same. Always wearing a huge and ridiculous watch, which ironically is a telltale sign they're about to waste your time. The bigger the watch, the bigger the waste of time. And they all adopt this like faux matey matey language, which drives me up the wall. You know that sort of, yeah, mate, yeah, mate, uh, uh. Like they pull up to the flat you're about to view. And already, by the way, you're feeling on the bluer side of glum as the realisation has hit that you're now approaching the latter months of your 26 years on earth. Yet all you can afford is a flat share on the outskirts of Wimbledon with one gobshite from Roscommon and four Australian racists. It's sad. Life as a shorty shouldn't be so rough. Anyway. Guy pulls up his car, pulls up in his car. He always says hello from the window as he's approaching. Don't do that, please. Wait till you're out of the car before you say hello. Have a bit of bloody grace and decorum. Anyway, he comes out, usually gestures to the car. Company motor in it. Cool, don't care. Do not care about your car, mate. Blaring also, like usually blaring some sort of house music remix of a George Ezra song, which realistically acts as like a torture technique because basically he just needs to play anything that will bludgeon your senses so far into oblivion you may actually sign the sort of completely impractical and soul-sapping letting agreement that he's about to produce. Anyway, he as he approaches you then, you're just like, oh, I, why do I have to engage with this person? Why has life dealt me such a hand that I have to now have a situation where I have to conversate with this person? And then you see, like, as he's coming towards you, he's sweating, like really feverishly sweating, like he's just ingested half a bag of Bogota intravenously. He sidles over to you like a pig at a trough, like a pig heading towards a trough. A light trickle of beady perspiration slides down his greasy face and rests at the corner of his mouth. Where, by the way, he's got those sort of like white flecks of dehydrated saliva because he was in Web of Spoons last night, you know? Hammer and pints. And all he's consumed today is a Red Bull and Argentinian family's life savings. He's wearing a suit, by the way, with more sweat patches than if Lee Evans just ran a fucking Ironman. And in his lexicon, he's replaced the use of full stops with the word mate. Mate. Nevertheless, takes a step closer. Uh, you still haven't even gotten to the flat that you're depressingly about to view. But he takes a step closer and then, you know, you get hit by the wall of aftershave. Essentially, an orchestra of cologne. 
He's wearing so much of it, you can practically hear it. You can hear his aftershave. It's loud. It surrounds you. Hello, mate. You good, yeah? Oh, mate. This area, mate. So many girls, mate. You see them? You fucking see those crackers walking around there, mate? Yeah, mate. Oh, mental. Jeez, I might move in here myself. Well, you won't. You'll do no such thing, Anthony, okay? You'll do no such thing. What an inanely thick thing to say, by the way. Can we address that? <laughs> it's, sort of, it's sort of like, do you remember whenever primary school teachers would ask you about your holiday plans when you were a child in school? And then they'd say something like, oh, Any room for me in your suitcase, lal? Sorry? Any room for me in your suitcase, lal? Um, it's like, firstly, it's a Samsonite. So yes, obviously there's room. Uh, but secondly, I really don't think you've thought this through, Mrs. Duffy. Like, how would it work? How would this work, Mrs. Duffy? Imagine the scenes at the baggage reclaim in Geneva Airport as the luggage starts to come out. People passively, aggressively inch towards the conveyor belt. First the buggies, you know? A few pairs of skis. And then a bloody expensive Samsonite with the foot of an asphyxiated geography teacher sticking out. Can you imagine that, Mrs. Duffy? Can you? As the authorities open up the zip of the bag to remove your body and the frozen copy of American Dirt you ambitiously thought you'd have time to read on the journey over. Then your family have to fly out to Switzerland the morning after to identify you. Which, by the way, is going to be very tough, considering your face is mostly covered in chocolate, as you managed to get at our Toblerone. We'll invoice the family. What are you thinking, Mrs. Duffy? Although, actually, to be fair, that would sort of work. That would sort of work well as like a funny sequel to like Weekend at Bernie's, wouldn't it? If we just carried her over our shoulders and brought her up to the ski resort for the weekend, using a student teacher from Trabalgan as a toboggan on the green slopes. Emily Blunt could play the teacher, and Lily James could play with them. <clears throat> my Willie, but anyway, the guy that comes in, the the estate agent, you know, he's like, "Oh, you watched the game then last night, mate? Did I watch the game? No, which game? Which of the several thousand games that were probably on last night? Yo, Spurs playing, um, you know, uh, Tottenham. Uh, no, no, I didn't didn't see that game, mate. Uh, you a Spurs fan, mate? Uh, no, 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 not a Spurs fan, mate. More of a Tottenham guy myself. Yeah, yeah, no, nice, nice. Me too, mate, mate. In terms of strength of character, he's got the constitution of a cheese string. Do you know what I mean? There are gymnasts in the Olympics who would strive to be as flexible as this guy is morally, mate. I went in to see one place with this guy in Fulham about six months ago and I came in and it was basically like falling apart. It was falling apart. And I was like, oh, mate, this is a hopeless place. He looks at me and he goes, you might find love then. I was like, uh, excuse me? And then he starts singing that Rihanna song, We Found Love in a Hopeless Place. I honestly wanted to bludgeon the man with my iPhone. 11. Plus. One with the three cameras. <laughs> Forgive me if my tone is a little bit down and negative, but it's hard. Anybody that's been in that sort of search for a flat or a place to live, because it's such a primitive thing that you just want to have a house over your head and be constantly met with 
adversity when looking for one is just, it's tough. Especially when like you get to my age, 26, and you know, your friends are out there buying houses and happiness and yet you're still sharing a living space with nine other individuals. It's very tough. So I developed a coping mechanism, okay? Developed a coping mechanism because basically... Last This time last year in London, I was looking for a place and it took me about six weeks to find somewhere to live, right? It was horrendous. And I think the day that I sort of had like, I finally had like a break, not like a breakdown. Um, you know, I wasn't like wearing a dressing gown into Sainsbury's and fondling the lemons. But like I was, you know, I just sort of had reached the moment of like, oh, here, listen, I give up. I am no longer, I'm just going to, I'm not taking this seriously anymore. Long story short, I went to view a place in, where was it again? I think it was near enough to Green Park, so like quite central, right? And I went in to view this view this house, and I was walking up the stairs, and the estate agent was like to me, "Oh, um, that's Anton's room there, the right, who you'd be living with." And I was like, "Okay, uh, do you, do you want to like introduce me?" Or he's like, "No, no, no, he seems to be busy." Okay, seems to be busy. Maybe he's a surgeon or something, you know, studying or I don't know, going through his notes before he performs open heart surgery on somebody. Two minutes later, as I'm in the kitchen. I hear this noise come from his room. He's playing music. Do you know what song he was playing? Do you ever remember that song, Come With Me by Special D? You know the one? At the end of every week, each one of us becomes a freak. Tonight the DJ makes a move and then the sweat drops from the roof. Each time you let the bass be heart. Do you know that song? The worst thing. I had bar- it had barely even gone to the chorus. And I was back on the Piccadilly line, hurtling through the rat-infested underbelly of London. Special D, come with me. So this was the day when I was like, you know what? I met a friend of mine for a pint and I was like, I'm done. I'm actually done. I'm going to start having fun with this. So, because the search had become so time-consuming and emotionally jaded, I decided, I decided to start introducing little games in order to make it a little bit more bearable. And I encourage you all to do this, not just if you're looking for a flat, but in life, yeah? Never let mundanity prevail. Never let mundanity prevail. Have fun with it. It becomes a lot more interesting once you stop caring. So anyway, one of these games that I introduced, I would get was basically I'd give all of the estate agents that I was seeing nicknames, right? And then I'd start to see how long I could get away with them slipping into like casual conversation. One day I got an email from a guy and I really hit the jackpot because I got an email from a lesson agent called Herbert. So, I mean, firstly, I'd never met anybody called Herbert, so that was exciting enough in itself. But I went to meet the guy in Earl's Court, and he was showing me, like, two or three places. And it started off relatively innocent, okay? When we were viewing the first flat, I think I started calling him, like, Herbs and Spices. <laughs> okay? And he, did, he actually didn't even acknowledge it, but just sort of, like, quietly took it, like a good boy, right? And then, then I stepped it up a notch by calling him Garlic and Herbert Dip. Again, incredibly stupid and juvenile. Nothing very, you know, nothing very crazy. At this stage, though, he definitely knew what I was doing and he definitely didn't like it. You know, (laughs) I could tell. But he was intent on making the sale and to get me to sign a lease that he, again, just quietly took it like a good boy. Anyways, I didn't like any of the flats that we were looking at. So I was like, oh, here, you really need to shake things up. So then I started calling him Garlic and Herbert the Pervert, okay? which proved to be a bit of a mouthful. So eventually I dropped the garlic and Herbert (laughs) and just started calling him pervert. 
And at this point, he was getting so angry with me. Like, we'd be looking at a gaff, and I'd be asking him, and now, um, pervert, if you could just answer me this, is the garden south-facing or... Anyway, long story short, this went on for a few days until I eventually took it way too far. And instead of just calling him pervert, I sent him an email to his work email, and I called him Nancy Drew. And now he doesn't answer my calls, like a bold boy. listening to the Sunday Roast really appreciate it guys hope you're all uh, doing well especially everybody in Dublin in light of the new restrictions and stuff it's not going to be easy what with the weather changing the days getting shorter the nights seem longer anyway thank you so much for listening to the show Uh, yeah as always if you have the interest or the ability please sign up to the Patreon I said to you, I think last week, or maybe the week before, there was something very exciting happening at the moment. And yeah, I will be announcing that in the next couple of weeks. Merchandise too is also going to be coming soon to the Patreon. That's pretty much it. I hope you're well, guys. Thanks so much. Please tell your friends. Please leave a review for the podcast. Uh, It will mean the world to me. And uh, yeah, have a bloody great week. Chat to you soon. (laughs) 